Oh, hello, my beautiful people. I feel like giving y'all a little song today. It's your girl, The Damo. And you are listening to the Mind Your Business podcast, where your mind should forever and always be your business. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? I missed y'all last week. Here's the thing. I really wanted to put out a podcast last week, but I sound terrible. I had been coughing for days and weeks so hard that I pulled a muscle um, actually under under my arm, kind of like near my armpit. I pulled a muscle from coughing so hard. So it was like, I'm not going to sit here and fight through these coughs, try to come and produce no podcast episode. Like it was just not going to happen, y'all. You can even hear right now. My allergies are flaring up, so my voice sounds like a little frog. I'm so sorry. But I missed y'all. I missed y'all. I wanted to talk. I wanted to get down. I wanted to get down with y'all and get into some mental health. Um, But, you know, your girl's been just, you know, energy's been everywhere. If you're like, Dom, you have a lot of energy today. Yeah. Going through a manic episode <laughs> and the fact that I'm like sick and like my asthma's acting up kind of brings me low and then high and low and then high. So your girl's all over the place today. Um, so I'm just here. How are you, though? Let's check in. Take a moment. For those of you who are new to the podcast. Oh, yeah, we really doing this. This is what we do. Take a minute. Pause the podcast. Yeah, I'll be sitting here waiting. Trust me, I'll be. I ain't going nowhere. Pause the episode and check in with yourself. Have you taken time with yourself yet? Have you said, hey, girl, hey, guy, how you doing? Have you taken a moment to really see where you are, to be present and to figure out where your mental is at the moment? Go ahead. I said pause it. I'm waiting. Okay, okay. I'm not going to give you a moment of silence while I know you're pausing. I feel like it's really helpful to check in. And with the week I've had, I've had to really reflect a lot on myself (sighs) and really ground myself and be like, girl, where are you today? Are you okay? Being self-aware is one of the most beautiful traits that I think I have. (laughs) It's also uh, very annoying in certain circumstances, but I've just been very aware this week. And try to find that balance and trying to like, you know, get myself at a stable place. I'm not unstable. I would just like to be a little bit more even, if that makes sense. Right? So today's podcast episode is going to look a little differently. It's going to go a little longer. But it's okay. Just go on a journey with me. Um, You know, I like going on journeys. <laughs> so let's just jump right into it. We got a lot of cover. We really don't, but we do. (laughs) Where's my intro music at? Okay, so we're back. 
And today is just going to be a dump episode. So before I know I categorize the dump episode, usually when I just want to, you know, do some journal prompts and, you know, really guide the folks. That's not really what it is. Let me be honest with you. Um, First and foremost, if you're new to the podcast and you're still trying to figure out what is this? What is happening? Hello, Vidamo. Um, I have bipolar disorder, too. Um, and one of the very beautiful, she sarcastically says, um, effects of bipolar disorder is racing thoughts. And racing thoughts are just my brain doesn't turn on. From the moment I wake up, probably sometimes can't even sleep to the moment I try to go to sleep. My mind is constantly racing with multiple thoughts at multiple um, times. And I can't slow down. Um, I my my eyes usually get really really big. Um, this usually really just happens when I'm going through a manic episode, where it just means I'm very up. This is a lot of time where a lot of my personality comes out, and I'm very yes, I love you, hey y'all, um, which is me, but it's it's emphasized more when I'm going through a manic episode, um, and because there's so many racing thoughts and. I cannot, I mean, indecisiveness is also an effect of bipolar disorder. Um, I can't decide on one thing to talk about or usually I can't pace myself. And I don't like to say I can't, but usually I have a hard time pacing myself to stay on task, right? Look at this last minute and 50 seconds. I've just been everywhere, right? (laughs) So I have found one way to combat that, right? It's for me to just dump it all out. I dump a lot out in therapy. Um, I do dump a lot out in therapy. But some of the thoughts aren't that deep. You know, some of the thoughts are very surface or, um, you know, just like little convo starters. So I, I would like to go back to doing dump episodes when I can't decide and I'm having recent thoughts. Just to, you know, keep the authentic- the authenticity. Oh, Lord of the podcast, right? Everything I record is raw. Everything I record is in one take. Um, So why not have fun today? I feel like we've been hitting things pretty hard. We're still getting our feet wet. Um, I'm still recovering because now my allergies want to act up. You guys know. So let's dump. Let's dump. Cool. So this week... I've been questioning my vulnerability, right? So I posed the question on my Twitter because I really wanted to know. I'm a person that has been friends with a lot of people, tried to be friends with a lot of people, especially females, because you know that thing. Females don't hang out. And, you know, I'm like a tomboy, but I'm like a girly girl, but like I'm in between. And I have like tried to befriend females multiple times, you know, and guys too. And it sometimes ended very like, terrible like I mean some real life backstabbing like I feel like I'm a reality star or like a movie star because these situations or friendships or whatever they were have ended in ways that you would only see on lifetime I kid you not I exaggerate not right and I always wondered like is it me Is a part of me, like, 
being way too vulnerable. And because I'm being vulnerable for friendship, I'm missing the red flags on these people. Because it's like, I talk to other people and they're like, well, yeah, sis, I saw it. And I'm like, oh, okay, so I just have a hard time seeing, like, what did I miss? What about this person caught my attention that I completely overlooked um, that they were crap? Like, (laughs) Like, just really being honest, really being honest. So I posed the question also about being vulnerable on social media because I'm recognizing now um, a lot of figures, a lot of influencers or whatever have you are sharing their truth, quote unquote, right? Now, I don't judge anybody. This is always a judge-free zone, right? Sometimes it feels kind of bandwagony, you know? Um, it kind of feels like it, we're in a day and age and everybody wants to be a part of something and have a platform for something. And where there's nothing wrong with that, sometimes it's disgusting because I feel like people go to great lengths to... to Um, have that inspiring story or to captivate an audience. And it's dangerous at the same time, right? Because oftentimes when those people are found out and it's put out there that they, they don't deal with this thing or that part of their life wasn't true, yada, 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 it makes it harder for those who actually have endured it. It makes it harder for those who want to speak up, but... They can't, right? Because somebody else has now smeared their experience trying to get some clout and trying to get some likes. That troubles me, right? So I tried to post a... Well, I posted a video on TikTok the other day. And it was me... um, Sorry. I wanted to show... The different sides of living with bipolar. Because as I looked on the app, um, I saw a lot of contact about being bipolar and stuff like that. But I saw nothing of brown and black people. And if I did see any brown or black people, it was very minimal. And I always told myself, (coughs) um, that on every social media platform, I look to be authentic. Um... I don't look to captivate people with my story or, you know, make people like, oh, my God, you're such a hero. No, I I look to be authentically me um, in hopes that somebody else who is trying to be authentically them can be inspired that way. Right. Um, So I was like, OK, it feels like I'm at a point that I can share the things I go through living with bipolar disorder, because I'll keep a lot of it to myself. Y'all, I kid you not. First of all, I was talking about memory loss, which is one of the most vulnerable um, effects of bipolar disorder that I've experienced. Um, it's humbling. It's, I go through chunks of, of missing time. Sometimes um, 
Uh, my short-term memory is shot. My long-term memory sometimes is a little shot. I will walk upstairs with the intention, come in the room, stand in the middle of the floor and be like, oh, why did I come up here? And it's not like it's a quick second of like, oh, like I will then have to sit down and actually like force myself to be like, okay, girl, why did you come up here? Sometimes I get triggered later on of, oh, I went upstairs to get this and I never finished that. Let me finish that, you know? So memory loss is a really big thing when it comes to bipolar disorder. And for me, it's a very big thing because I am 31 years old and I feel like I'm entirely too young to be missing gaps of time. Um, But anyway, I made this video to be, you know, to show this other side um, of living with bipolar show this really other side of me a side that I really don't share with a lot of people I mean unless you're on the podcast you know because I love my beautiful people but I never really like openly have talked about certain struggles with bipolar disorder and I guess in a way that was my way of protecting myself and like and like not opening myself up for scrutiny because in the past, I've said it on plenty of these episodes, um, I've opened up about my disorder and it has been negatively received. Um, and through different interactions with different people reacting negatively, I've been upset. I've been angry. I've been um, distraught, questioned myself, questioned my life. Question my own authenticity. So I was making this video. And TikTok is very hard, by the way. Like, But I think I'm mastering it a little bit. But who gives me so much anxiety? And I had to watch the video at least, I kid you not, no exaggeration, 10 times before I actually posted. Mind you, I was just talking. No extra thrills, no music, no dance moves. I mean, there were some captions here and there, which, you know, those are pretty easy. I was just speaking my truth. What disturbed me is I was watching myself to see if I was being authentic. Which is insane to me because... I am very authentic in who I am. How I present is how I present, and I make no um, shame about it. I, I'm pretty much open book for the most part. But there's some deep-level things that I do not speak on. Or if I do, I speak about it very solemnly. That way, it shows like, hey, this is an area where we will not discuss B, I'm not that comfortable, but I'm sharing. So just let it go. Do not acknowledge it. Like, just go past it. Whatever questions you got in here, you got to keep to yourself. Or like, no, yeah, that's pretty much it. But for the most part, I'm really authentic. Like, I really take my time in responding to people and making sure that I am showing up as my best self. Right? I don't talk about my sexual trauma. To an extent, 
Um, because it's something that I have not yet really, can I be honest, wanted to heal from. I didn't want to really heal from it. I don't really want to heal from it. I do, but I don't. That's as far as we're going on that right now. I know you're like, Dominique, that's confusing. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, we're leaving it right there. Like, that's as far as I can go talking about that at this point in time. Um, and I really don't talk about bipolar disorder, just talk about it, right? I usually make a mention of it. I'll make a joke to myself here and there or, or to Jay, but, or like, you know, I, I like, listen, somebody know, like, yes, I'm like, and I'll, I'll give them like the medical definition of bipolar disorder, but I really don't share what the experience is like. So the fact that I sat here and tried to watch to see if I was being authentic made me question, like, what would ever make me do that? When I already don't talk about this thing, I have no choice but to be authentic. And again, it goes back to the fact that I didn't want to be perceived as somebody who is just using a moment. You know what I'm saying? Because oftentimes online, there are people who are just trying to go viral. There are people who are just trying to get likes, trying to get that check, which do you boo? That's your business. But there's some of us who really just want to use the platform to get a message out. We put very minimal effort into um, the social media and, and, and really making it pop and being that it girl or giving that celebrity rah, 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 right? I used to be that person when I was younger. I mean, we're here now. Let's be honest. When I was running track and the job of running track, trying to become professional, right? It's all about advertising yourself. You kind of become like a walking billboard. Um, Your social media at that time was supposed to brand you and show your fans who you are and what you're about and how you train and what things interest you, what's your favorite sports drink, like how do you train, how do you lift, right? All these things. I didn't like none of that. I didn't like none of that. But I did what I had to do to try to get as far as I could in this professional world. My problem was when it came to actually running in the meets, I would choke from all the pressure. And I would not show up the way I showed up in practice. And for that, I wasted a lot. I can't actually say I wasted a lot of money. I had a great experience. And one, it caused me to move out here to Arizona. So there's benefits in that. But. For the sake of just conversation, I waste a lot of money trying to market myself and still not even doing the work when it came to being on the track. I say all that to say, now that I'm in my older years, and I know I'm not that old, guys, but now that I'm in my older years, I have retracted back a lot more. I have become somebody who exists in their bubble, and I have a fear of stepping out of it. I now have a fear of being vulnerable. I discovered this as I was making that video. It took me watching it literally 10 times 
And then once I posted, I got a little sad because I started thinking, what if somebody comments on my video and says, you're that fake cry? Or like, oh, this makes no sense. Or whatever. Like, I don't know. And again, I'm not one of them girls who likes to cry online. I'm, that's not me. Because I've realized a lot of people do that for the sympathy card or point. Again, I'm not yucking their yum. But it makes it hard for those who might actually get emotional in a moment and got a couple of tears to shed. You know what I mean? So I just question my vulnerability and I question my authentic authenticity. I posted the video, y'all, and I just left it. I did not go back to TikTok until literally the next day. I've actually turned off my notifications on TikTok because every time I post a video, I don't want to see who responds or what they're responding to. Because the internet is a cruel place. The internet is a very cruel place. Every day I work with kids and majority of the problems that they're having or the conflicts they're having with peers is because they share things with them. And if that person is not receptive or if that person is around a certain other people or whatever like that, they can often weaponize somebody else's vulnerability. <clears throat> and that triggers me when that happens, right? I'm not even going to lie. When a kid comes into my office and says, Miss Booker, um, I so-so was my friend and I told her something in confidence and she went around the school and told everybody, that triggers me. In those moments, I have to sit down with myself and really be like, okay, Dominique, this isn't you. This is somebody else. How can you best help this student get where they need to be? Or how can you best help this student to be okay or to not you know, feel defeated? Because people will weaponize your vulnerability. There are some people who are miserable, and we all know that saying, misery loves company. And if you share something vulnerable with them, they will take an opportunity to bring that back up or to spread your business to everybody. (laughs) I'll never forget, I dated a guy, and he, (laughs) shout out to him, I think I got married this month, (laughs) I mean last month, but... um, he told everybody after we went our separate ways that I was crazy and that I needed to be on medication and that I'm a danger to myself and those around me. And that was the reason why, you know, he could have nothing to do with me. I was just too unstable, all this stuff like that. Now, if y'all know, you know, you know, um... I was young. I was straight out of college. I was probably like 22, 23. But everything he said was an exaggeration because if you ask me the story or you ask a lot of people who were around at the time, he was doing a lot of messed up stuff and never took accountability for it. But it was easier, right, than breaking his good image it was easier for him to say Dominique was the crazy... Well, uh, yeah, let me stop calling myself that. To say Damo was the crazy one. And Damo was unstable. And Damo was the one 
who um 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 couldn't be loved or couldn't be with somebody because she is just way too much. I'm not going to go into that because, again, he just got married. I'm going to get married. I, it's so super old. Um, but it was just funny that this was somebody that I had spent a lot of time with. And it's when I just moved out here. So this was about like six, five years ago, really. I've been out here for seven years, but we were... We were connected or in a situation, whatever, for at least a year and a half, right? So I moved out here by myself with no family, no nothing. He was my first point of contact when I got out here. He picked me up from the airport, like all these things helped me move in. Like he was my quote unquote person at the time. And I shared a lot of things with him and he shared a lot of things with me. So for him to then turn like that, and make the situation about me being unstable. And that's why we ended when that was nowhere close to why. Because I'll be honest, a lot of the things, a lot of the reactions I had, a lot of the things I did in retaliation were based off of what he said or what he did. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. I let it go. Um, but I say that to say, like, People will, will be really quick to take your vulnerability. And me sharing with him about me having bipolar disorder, that was the first guy I ever shared that with. Because I really thought, oh, not only is he like somebody I'm in a situation with, he's my friend. And I shared those things with him because I thought, one, I thought I was going to marry the guy, delusional. Um, but two, I really thought this was a person who would protect me. And instead took things that I told him and made me this villain. I don't mind being a villain in somebody's story because I believe everybody's a villain in somebody's story. Everybody has different perspective. Everybody has different sides. But he made me a villain based off of my mental disorder. And that's dangerous because then the perception of other people started to change about me. A lot of people that we were training with looked at me slightly different because of what he was accusing me of or his accusation or his or his interpretation, quote unquote, very loosely of what our relationship was. And it didn't help because that breakup was very hard for me for various reasons. So then it looks like what he's saying is true. Oh, I just got mad at him all over again. And I lost a lot of friends. And I also had a lot of quote unquote friends that were doing some messed up stuff behind my back in benefit of him. So again, it, it being vulnerable has taught me nothing but people are going to hurt you. And I hate that for my husband because I have made it very, very, very difficult for Jay to get to my most vulnerable self. Now, don't get me wrong. Since y'all in my business, I might as well, like, you know, clear it up. <laughs> um, he knows me really well. I would say that 
he has spent a lot of time getting to know me and I've opened up to him. But I made it very difficult for him to see the my layers. I made it very difficult for him to step behind that velvet rope. And still very much so, I'm still holding on to that rope for dear life because I'm scared to open it up. And this is just being really, really real, really, really, really honest. And he knows this. I, I, I've shared at least this part with him. Um, a part of me being scared to really let him behind my rope. And my, uh, let me be honest. My velvet rope is really like my core, 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 core. My core, 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 where I really keep the thoughts that I only share with myself. Like thoughts I haven't even shared with my therapist. Thoughts I've never shared really with anybody else. Some of my, like my deepest, darkest, that part of me. Um, I'm, I'm apprehensive of, of sharing that with him because, or, or just giving him a little peeky into because my fear is always, Every time I'm completely vulnerable or vulnerable to an extent and share out, that person then in turn uses it against me. It's been happening my whole life, literally. (laughs) I try not to be victimized by it or feel like a victim. So instead I close myself off and I make it very, very difficult for people to get close to me. I push people away. I become agitated, very easy. Um, I just build up a big wall. I know a lot of you are like, well, Dominique, why feel like you have to even share? You don't have to. I feel like with him, I have to, because one, we're going to be spending the rest of our lives together and he's never going to go away. (laughs) He's never going to go away. We're locked in forever. Like, that's really what it is. Um, Also, he's like, he's going to share space with me. He's already seen me in ways that nobody else has seen me because he's had to share a living space with me. Going on three now, three years now, guys. We've been living with each other for about a long time. <laughs> That's how we even got to where we are. Our relationship started off with us being, I don't want to say forced, but pushed into a situation where we lived with each other off and on. And it wasn't just like he was spending the night. No, I'm being very honest. We lived with each other off and on for large amounts of time. And it pushed us into a space where we had to learn each other's tics and quirks because we were in each other's space. There was no alone time. There was no getting away. We share a car. Like, we're better. We realize how unhealthy it felt. We, it felt unhealthy because we started realizing that um, we weren't becoming our own individual anymore. We were kind of just like, mushing together and yes to become one when they get married but as independent as I am I need my space I need my vulnerability I mean I need my um my my vulnerability with myself yeah I was right he Jay is an introvert he can't do a lot of energy a lot of people so even him adjusting to me has been it's been a challenge for him but 
it's like, I feel like I want to be my most vulnerable completely with him because we share those spaces. Because the things that I would usually handle by myself or the situations where I would usually feel like I handle by myself, I'll now have a partner who will have a hand in that. And being an independent woman is fun. It's been an experience to say the least. But I want to have somebody that can be there unbiased, right? And accept my vulnerability for what it is, accept my complete whole truth and not judge me or use it against me. I'm working through it in therapy. That's kind of what I feel like marriage is. It's like, he knows me, but I'm going to have to unlock a whole different level of him getting to know me. He's going to see me through my changes. He's going to see me through through life. Um, He's going to see me through motherhood. He's going to see me through, you know, being a grandmother, et cetera, et cetera. Um, He's going to see me through family laws. Um, So I want to allow that last layer to fall off so that he can get a little peaky, you know? Um, But it's like I have trauma from the past of sharing those with people who did not deserve my story. But it's now put a dent or it's made it difficult for the love of my life. Hmm. Speaking of healing, I'll, I'll end on this topic. Speaking of healing, I thought I healed. Um, I thought I've healed from a situation and I didn't, uh, something had happened the last weekend. I hate when I say people say something had happened. It feels like really dramatic, right? No, something had occurred a couple of, uh, a week ago. Um, and I was having a conversation with somebody on the phone and things kind of went left. Um, I found myself get triggered And then I found myself back in the same state when I was in my childhood. When I got off the phone, because I reacted like, you know, I'm a human being. I I realized that, but I had a reaction that I was really hoping I would not have. Um, When I got off the phone, I cried. And I cried because I told myself, I thought you had healed from that. I thought you had recovered from that. I thought you had learned to respond better to those words or, or, or when you feel boxed in. Um, and then I proceeded to beat up on myself because I was already sick. I was already not feeling the best mentally. And I knew that and I was aware of that. So then I really started to beat up on myself of, uh, you're not really recovered. And maybe this is where I started questioning my own vulnerability and my own authentic authenticity. Yes, because it all happened around. Okay, it was a trigger effect. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Makes sense now. Ah, thank y'all for working through these thoughts with me. Um, But I started to beat on myself and punish myself because I felt like Everything I had said about being healed, everything I said about being um, peaceful, right, had went out the window 
because in a 30 minute conversation, I had reverted back into my old responses or I reverted back into a childlike response because I felt attacked or, you know, I was triggered of a moment. Can I be honest with y'all? Of course, I'm always honest with y'all, but can I be really honest with y'all? I had to really reground myself and remind myself. And I'm going to say this for anybody else who might be in that place. Healing is a roller coaster. For me, I feel like healing's a roller coaster that I'll never get off, truly. I was listening to a podcast yesterday and it said the the person that was speaking was talking about um window of tolerance and something I really want to talk about um on here. But um how we respond to things and getting over trauma and what that really looks like. And the individual said that you may never really recover from your trauma. You might work through it, talk about it, make a podcast, <laughs> but you can still be healed and be sad. Those two things can exist at the same time. I can still be upset and sad about certain things that I've had to endure and triggers of minds um, when I'm in a situation that feels very familiar. It doesn't mean that I'm not healed. It doesn't mean that I have relapsed or whatever have so. It just means that I'm human. Y'all thought I was going to say something real profound, right? No, no, no. It just means I'm human. I always hear people say healing is not linear. It's not. It is a constant roller coaster that you might not get off. But it's about changing your response. It's about changing your mindset. It's about even when I mess up and I have my human moment. And, and and I am triggered and I revert back, I'm able to bounce back onto where I need to be because I'm aware enough that I'm not okay. I'm aware enough that this thing bothered me and I'm aware enough to do the things I need to do to help me recover. I know that seemed like a lot of words at one time. And I'm not trying to put the situation out there. That's why I'm kind of being like very vague. But for content, I felt like I was boxed in again. I felt like I was put in a position to do something that I did not want to do. I thought I was put in a situation that compromised me and my authenticity. And it was even said from the individual that I was fake. And that's the thing that I walked away with the most. That's the thing that dug into my heart the most. That's the thing that hurt the most. Me? Fake? Me? That was the trigger that set me off. Me? Fake? The person that shows up as herself, even when it's 
hard to show up as herself even when she doesn't feel like she knows who she is because she is burdened by things that happened in her past me fake yeah that sent me over that sent me over but again I had to recognize that somebody else's words don't bring the validation to my heart nobody in this world but me and God know what I have endured as a person. Nobody else knows my thoughts. Nobody else has stood in the thick of everything with me. Nobody has stood in the darkness of my mind with me. Nobody has lived this thing with me because they're not me. They're not in my body. So I had to remind myself of that. Coach myself up with that because at the end of the day, nobody can put anything on me. Nobody can claim that I'm fake or anything like that because, again, they don't know. They don't know. And this past week, I've been trying to recover from that, right? I've been trying to tap into who I am again. Remind myself of who I am and who I know to be. Even with the inconsistencies because of my disorder, I know who I am. I know who I present to be. I know who I'm at at my very, very, very core. I had to constantly remind myself that. And you know what? You guys just went along a whole process of me rationalizing myself to help me get grounded. This was the closure I needed to move forward. This was the closure I needed to now have that conversation with that person and and say, hey, you know what? This is how I feel. I know we were in the heat of the moment. This is why I reacted the way I react. I would like to move forward. Because that's healing. That is healing. Healing is acknowledging the bad, working your hardest to till the ground, right? And harvest all the good that you need to be able to combat that. I honestly and truly believe that. Healing is a constant roller coaster that I might never get off of. But along the way, I keep picking up little nuggets that help me to be able to live a more effective life. A more like, you know, fulfilling life, a more purposeful life for myself. And I just always hope that I radiate that through my skin, through my my podcast, through through my platforms so that other people who are dealing with what I might be dealing with or other people who might have the same thoughts or feel like they're alone can be reminded that their healing is a conscious effort, continuous effort, and that they're going to be all right.
<laughs> for sure. For sure. For sure. I really just had a dump episode with y'all. <laughs> I appreciate y'all so very much going on this journey with me. I know you never know what to expect when you press play. And I love you for that. I love y'all for rocking with me. I was taking a look at the numbers the other day and y'all been random numbers up. Um, and I try not to check it because anxiety, but I'm very grateful for the opportunity that this podcast is, um, has, has provided. And I'm always grateful. I'm always thanking y'all. And it's very, I want you guys to know it's authentic. I'm very grateful. Um, I don't think anybody owes me anything. Nobody owes me listening. Nobody owes owes me to hear my story. Nobody owes me, me to hear me talk for as long as I be talking or what I'm talking about. You guys don't owe me that, but you take the time and you open up your minds and your ears to a new experience or to new words and things you might not know of, disorders, pe- other people's struggles. And I appreciate that. I appreciate you guys keeping this a safe space and allowing me to be vulnerable with you every time. Um, I always say this podcast is like my open diary. And even though I never go back and listen to an episode, I really don't, guys. And I'm going to do better with that. Because I'm always scared of hearing what I say. Because um, I don't want to cry, you know. Guys, I cry a lot. <laughs> um, but I'm very grateful for for you being listeners and constantly accepting me. It helps me more to push out and share a lot more. Um, about myself, really, and and the experiences I actually go through and what other people like me go through and about mental health because mental health is a very sticky subject and I know a lot of people don't want to talk about it and I know a lot of people get uncomfortable when it's talking about mental health, Um, but it's a much-needed conversation that needs to be had, especially us as black folk and brown folk, too. Everything that we have endured, we've never been offered mental health services for all that we have endured for for trauma that's been passed down for 400 years as a people that shows up every time we walk out of the house or walk in our house. We have never got the assistance that we needed for that. Instead, we've just had to survive. And I am tired of just surviving, y'all. I've watched plenty of people be on this earth and just survive. And when they died, they have actually never lived a day on earth. They were in survival mode from the moment that they came into this earth until the moment that they left. I refuse to be that person. I was telling Jay and I've been telling him for some time. um, I've been alive for 30 years, 31 years. Those first couple of years of my life, I really didn't have a lot of control because I was under somebody else's house. I was a child. You know, a lot of it was you're told how to think, you're told what to say. Again, you're a child. I don't know how many years I have left on this earth. The life expectancy for somebody who has bipolar disorder is 63 years old. So if we go by statistics, I have about 30 years left. 
I believe I'm going to live forever. Not forever, for a very long time. And I was letting Jay know, these next 30 years of my life, I'm going to live a life that I've always wanted to live. I'm going to go where I want to go. I'm going to do things that make Dominique happy, that make Dominique smile, that make Dominique feel, feel. Because now I'm in control. Completely. I'm a whole adult. And that's a conversation for another time. But I'm very grateful for you guys to always come around this journey with me. And 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 I hope that every time I speak that there's a gem that's dropped to somebody. If I could just reach one person every single time, that means everything to me. Um, yeah. <laughs> Okay, I know this episode went a little longer, and I'm so sorry, y'all. But as usual, I want to hear from you guys. You can definitely reach out to all our social media platforms. Um, We're Mind Yo, Y-O, Business Pod on TikTok. Sorry, that was real rough, huh? Um, On every other social media platform, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, it is underscore mind yo biz um and that's mind yo b-i-z-z on every other social media um outlet guys please like it share it get the word out about our podcast let's grow our community some more um i love y'all but let's get our toes a little bit more wet with some different people um and, and growing this into a big huge community Um, Like I was mentioning earlier, my goal is to always use this platform to push the narrative of mental health, make us aware, and to also provide comfort to those who feel like they can't speak up and might be going through the very same things. Uh, You can always email at mentalmindbiz, B-I-Z, at gmail.com. As always, it's been a pleasure. And I hope to see you guys next week back here at the Mind Yo Business Pod. Where I believe and you believe that your mind should forever and always be your business. See (laughs) y'all.